Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. We have got a very special guest now who is uh, very unique in the pantheon of doctors in Singapore. Dr. Tan Suk Chuen is the co-founder of Hip and Knee Orthopedics. She is one of only uh, a very small number of female orthopedic surgeons in Singapore. Uh, last count, it was something like only 5% mm. of surgeons in Singapore specializing in that are are women. A very interesting journey that she's had. Uh, it's our pleasure to welcome her to the show now. Dr. Tan, great to see you. Hi, great to see you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, very well. First off, oh, uh, how are your how good are morning, your, guys? How are your knees and your hips feeling today? Are they feeling pretty good? Oh, feeling good. Yeah, <laughs> just just did a fourteen click run in the morning, so feeling wow. great now. Wow, that is extraordinary. Well, my nice. knee is terrible, Doctor Tan. I, in fact, I can't run anymore. So uh, I may have to come and visit you. Yeah, so many of us <sighs> do have these knee and hip, hip huge. Problems. How how common a, an ailment is that in Singapore? Um, it's pretty common um, because people are getting more uh, active, uh, mm. which is a good thing because it reduces risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, increases energy level, improves the mood. Uh, I think it helps a lot in doing uh, difficult times like these, uh, COVID times. So yeah, we, we are seeing more people with uh, hip and knee conditions mm. uh, and more in the younger population. Mm. But an interesting point. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Tan is that I've had knee surgery uh, for, for torn meniscus and various other things and over the years I must have seen at least four or five different knee specialists in Singapore also in Australia going further back none of them were women surprisingly yeah. or not surprisingly they were all men uh, so why is it do you think this is such a is difficult the wrong word or intimidating? Why are there or have been so few women in your field? Um, I think it's, it's cultural. Uh, it's all along mm. been known to be uh, all boys club um, in, in surgical field mm. um, and, and more so in orthopedics. So like, like you rightly mentioned, uh, in, in Singapore, there are only about uh, 300 registered uh, orthopedic specialists, out of which there's only about a handful, so about 5% are, are women. Um, I mean, I can remember that when I first started in, in, in surgical training, um, when I was just uh, still in a public institution, there were only two uh, senior lady orthopedic surgeons. Hmm. So uh, most of my peers, most of my seniors were, were men, and it is intimidating. Hmm. So um, like... Sometimes the, the environment is, is very daunting. When I step into the theater, the seniors can behave like, um, like I'm, I'm not there, like don't mm, exist. Wow. Or they pass around dirty jokes. I think these are wow. uh, discouraging factors for women to want to enter the field. Um, and of course, uh, in terms of uh, you know, uh, the physique, uh, most of the guys in orthopedics, they are, they are huge. I'm sure the, the, the surgeons that you saw in Australia, they're probably huge, burly guys. Yes, actually, they were. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not in Singapore, yeah, so, though. Yeah. Not in Singapore, yeah. So, so the, I mean, these are, these are uh, factors which I think are discouraging more women from joining the field, um, especially in overseas centres. I can see that the, the proportion of women uh, in the orthopedic field uh, is less. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. So after a while, uh, we do have to learn to 
sometimes laugh it off. You know, there are sometimes right. negative vibes, neg- negative comments. Uh, kind of learn to just laugh it off. Yeah, deal with off, it, huh? uh, Negative, deal with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and can I just uh, add to just that? Focus. Just add to that. I mean, is it because occasionally hamstrings, this kind of thing, you know, it can involve sensitive areas? Is it as simple as that? Or, or is it just it's been an old boys club for so long? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the old boys club uh, factor. And, and, and sorry, you mentioned about being... You know, orthopedics, you are sometimes dealing with sensitive areas. Maybe men are more sensitive about going to see a woman if they've got hamstrings that need working on or, you know, the buttocks area, this and that, you know. Is there an element of that or not? But, but uh, I'm not sure if that's a factor. But you see, we, we also have a large proportion of women with... Mm orthopedic conditions with knee of course, yeah. uh, hip conditions and and yet you know we are uh, generally okay to see men so I think it's more about uh, traditionally uh, people are a little bit surprised mm. to see uh, a lady orthopedic surgeon yeah. well we're certainly hoping that is is changing you mentioned probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 women who are practicing in that field across Singapore at the moment out of 300 yeah. uh, doctors. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Tan Sok Chen, the co-founder of Hip and Knee Orthopedics. Uh, I, I believe you're currently practicing at Mount Elizabeth Novena Hospital, also a visiting consultant yes, at right. Thompson Med Center as well. And um, as that's you, right. uh, let's, let's get now back into the actual work that you do. And yeah. uh, you mentioned that these injuries are, are becoming more prevalent. Uh, you know, more people are exercising, which is the good news. The bad news is, you yeah. know, they're, they're getting more injuries. Uh, is there, a, is there a, a typical regime that you are recommending for people to, to keep them out of your office, to keep them from having to come and see you? Or is it just, you know, depends on every individual and what they're doing and how they're doing it? I think the general guidelines is that um, uh, be aware of what's happening with the body. So um, have a have a have a spread of different types of exercises. So um, you know rather than just focus on doing a one sort of exercise, like you know, so have a little bit of strength training, have a little bit of cardio, mm. uh, have some uh, stretching at the at the end of the activity, and always listen to the body. If the body is giving you sharp pain. Uh, especially around the knee area, if there's severe pain that's preventing movement, be it straightening the knee or bending the knee, these are these are red flags that should alarm, that should alert the person to stop what they're doing, take a break, yeah. uh, and rest. And if the pain persists beyond you know two weeks, uh, despite rest, then uh, it's good to seek consult early because sometimes in early cartilage conditions, all we need to do is just to get a bit of physio, get a bit of rest, a bit of anti-inflammatory. Mm. And sometimes just a little bit of injections. Um, the cases where uh, where patients sit on the knee problems for a long time, that's when we see them coming uh, with very severe cartilage ulcers. They require surgery. Oh. Uh, or, or worse still, if after many decades of neglect, they may get uh, end-stage arthritis. Um, and by the time they hit that stage, it's, it's difficult to preserve the knee joint. Right. Uh, then we will have to discuss options like joint replacements with them, which is, um, I mean, it's good 
to uh, it's a good option in NCH arthritis, but uh, I mean we hope also patients don't don't get to that yeah. stage. And, and 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 Dr. Tan, it's not just a more physical population; it's an aging population as well, isn't it? Which present other yeah. challenges, particularly in your areas, hip and knee. I mean, my own mother is sixty-seven; she's just had a, a knee replacement. She had acute pain in her knee for many many years. This is something that we're yeah. dealing with and, cha- and facing in Singapore: an aging. Population population what are some of the challenges and tips that you would give to our elder members in society um i think keeping active does help because when you keep active uh you prevent obesity obesity is an important factor in developing arthritis uh in the lower in the weight-bearing joints like the hip and the knee region um and keeping active also helps to uh, maintain muscle tone so particularly around the knee, we're talking about things like quadriceps muscles, mm. the hamstrings muscle, the gastroc muscles. These are muscles that uh, protect the knee. Uh, it absorbs the stress uh, as one goes about their usual activities. So maintaining muscle tone, muscle strength, preventing obesity, uh, all these are important factors. But Dr. Tan, there uh, can sometimes be a trade-off, can't there? You've got to work out the balance, haven't you, where offsetting that's right, that's right. exercise between the fact that if you're doing a weight-bearing exercise of any kind, you can maybe exacerbate the problem or the pain. So is it, what do you do? Is it a simple case of listening to your body? What would you advise? Yeah, so listening to the body is one and uh, also maintaining muscles, uh, doing some strengthening around the knee area, that helps as well uh, because a lot of people neglect that part of the exercise. Uh, mm. They just want to get a really good workout. Um, they are not doing strengthening. They are, they are not giving the, the body time to rest, muscle time to rest because muscles are the good, I mean, they are the allies of the, of the joints. Mm. So if we don't give them time to rest, then, you know, it, it, in yeah. the long run, it, it, there's too much stress borne by the cartilage. As you get older, cartilage gets more brittle it gets more uh, prone to breakages. So, mm. and if you accumulate enough of these, then you get cartilage degeneration, cartilage ulcers. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that doesn't help. Lots of bad and things. And of course, maintaining, yeah, maintaining bone, bone health helps as well uh, because cartilage rests on, on bones, on subchondral bone. So, if you have good bone health, like having a good healthy intake of calcium, having a little bit of uh, sun exposure to produce vitamin D or taking vitamin supplements, vitamin D supplements will help to also restore uh, um, the integrity of the bone, mm. which is important in maintaining uh, bone health around the joint. Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Tan Sok Chen, the co-founder of Hip & Knee Orthopedics. And we uh, have a lot of friends on Facebook Live that are watching today. And uh, Fuchi Ren, one of our regular uh, listeners, is asking, isn't it true that certain food, for example, oily fish, will make our knees and joints more painful, especially amongst older folks? Is, that, is diet really a, an important part? And if so, what are the foods to eat? What are the foods to avoid? Um. Uh, not to my knowledge uh, for regards to oily fish, but if you certainly you have a predisposition to gout, and then you should avoid certain types of food uh, because then uh, otherwise you get into gouty flare, gouty mm. arthritis, mm. and that is another um, factor in which uh, it can help, it can worsen any form of knee arthritis or knee condition. Uh, but to my knowledge, not not oily fish. 
So are some of are some of these notions are they do they go back to sort of wives' tales? Uh, you know, I think especially in Chinese culture, there are many uh, many uh, recommendations about food to eat or not to eat based on the situation. It, so from your perspective, it's not based in medical science. Some of these, uh, yeah, uh, to, yeah, to my knowledge, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the exercise and the stretching is more the important. Exercises, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you can take certain food that's rich in collagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but taking olive fish shouldn't make the joints painful. Uh, but if you uh, uh, um, if you take a lot of uh, things like um, alcohol, uh, peanuts, uh, basically foods in high uric acid. Yes, we know that these can cause one to have a high uric acid in the body right. and that can cause a gouty arthritis. Leads to gout. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Tan, I wanted to ask you, and this is something that I'm sure many listeners will empathize with, I personally find the knee to be the most infuriating part of the entire human body. Mm. And I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, and I'll tell you why specifically. <laughs> I, I, I lead a very active lifestyle and this is right. something that I think many Singaporeans will empathize with, but I cannot, I think... I cannot run anymore because I've had uh, meniscus tears and I've had it shaved off. I got about 18 months out of it and now the pain has come back. So I believe that I'm in this unfortunate situation now where I continue to keep shaving away the meniscus, which, as everybody knows, is like a shock absorber for the knee, almost like a sponge between the joints. Now, you mentioned about cartilage. Meniscus doesn't grow back, does it? So I can, no. if I keep shaving it off, I mean, and this is a common thing in Singapore, does there become a point with the knee where you just have to accept this is as good as it's going to get? Or do you keep pushing and pushing and pushing with something like that? Actually, increasingly, we are trying to preserve meniscus tissue mm. uh, rather than shaving it off because we recognize that the meniscus serve an important function of being the shock absorber of the knee. Yeah. Uh, so we try as much as possible to actually preserve meniscus tissue by repairing them as, as far as possible. But of course, if they are uh, damaged beyond a certain stage where it's irreparable, then yes, shaving is a good option too. Um, so how we can, so certainly we can consider activity modification. So cycling mm. does help to... Which is uh, what I do now, yeah, <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, you can also wear uh, offloading knee brace. Say if you really want to do that slow slow job uh, once in a while to you know if it's something that you enjoy doing you can consider offloading brace to the knee. Hmm. Uh, so uh, just to clarify, because yeah. it's interesting to people because everybody has knee problems. So with issues like meniscus, a knee replacement, for example, wouldn't necessarily fix that, would it? Am I correct in saying that? No, the knee replacement will replace the part that. Uh, the portion of the knee that's damaged. Hmm. So knee replacement means that we are removing the entire area of cartilage, the underlying bone, and we are resurfacing it with a metal prosthesis. Right. Um, it's a good solution, uh, but there is there is a certain shelf life to the implant. Hmm. So even with the best technology, uh, it can last 20, 30 years. Um, yeah. Which is why in the younger population, we try to preserve the native tissues. So right. if there's a cartilage injury, we try to repair it. We try to uh, do a regenerative procedure like uh, uh, cartilage repair with microfracture, things like that. Um, 
you know, or we try to preserve the meniscus tissue and hopefully that will help to preserve uh, or prevent further damage to cartilage. Right, right. Well, my, well mine is gone and the pain is back, so I might have to see Dr. Tan. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, Dr. Tan, thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Tan Sok Chen, a co-founder of Hip and Knee Orthop- Orthopedics here in Singapore. Uh, great topic, and many of us who are exercising and or getting older and or both yeah. are facing these issues. Uh, thanks for being on with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.